I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and produced by Nicholas Lott. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? Doug, how you doing today, man? I'm all right. How are you? Cool. I'm doing good, man. <laughs> uh, guys, welcome to Gravity Lab Radio. I'm here today with my guest, Douglas Ligner, and a uh, super special guest as well. Today is actually a, a double-part guest shot. Normally, we have Mr. P. Nicklot sitting behind the desk, and today we actually have Alex O'Connor producing the show. Alex is a, a longtime friend. He's a brother of mine. I referred to him on the internet the other day as a brother from another mother. Uh, actually, I've known Alex longer than most friends of my life. So, uh, those of you watching on Facebook, those of you listening live, uh, you got any comments? You got any shout-outs? We're trying something a little bit different today, and that different thing is Alex is going to be taking notes and on your questions and on your comments. And every now and then, Alex is going to flag Doug and I down and let us know what your questions are. So, you got questions? You got comments? Hit Alex up; he'll take care of you everywhere there. Um, other than that, Doug, how you been? I've been good. Dude, I know you've been good. <laughs> I've been lucky I've been hanging out with you the la- last few days. But uh, a, a lot, of, you changed shirts. I did. <laughs> I, put, I put Dennis' shirt on. <laughs> Dennis, oh, God, dude, I miss Dennis, man. Figured he needed to be in the room. Do me a favor, <laughs> bring that a little bit closer to your face. I'll remind you every now and then. Sorry. I pre- ah, dude, I, it's, it's, it's a bad habit. So I know you, and a lot of our friends watching from the Dallas area know you, but uh, not everybody does. So where are you from? Uh, originally Arizona, uh, I, uh, we moved, my, my family moved, uh, to Indiana when I was, uh, about 13, and then, uh, that's actually where I started skydiving, in Greensburg. So I'm gonna go backwards a little bit, man. <laughs> I learned something new today, so today you and I were, we were working on my car, mm-hmm. and thank you so much. <laughs> no problem. Um, we uh, kind of dug on your background a little bit, Doug, get it? I dug <laughs> on his background a little bit. Um, and what I actually found out is you were born in Arizona. I actually had yep. no clue about that. I, I did not know. Yep. Where at in Arizona? Uh, Phoenix. Uh, but we uh, we lived in Apache Junction, uh, foothills of uh, the uh, Superstition Mountains. Super. So uh, say that city again. Apache Junction. Where is that at in relationship to Phoenix? Um, two towns away. There's uh, Mesa and then there's... Uh, AJ, Apache Junction. Okay. Uh, right there. So, um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm staring at you and me right now. This is just an easy way for me to also try to help monitor what's going on. Um, what's up, Alex? Hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> Not much, man. You're probably muted right now. <laughs> Guys, be patient. Alex is. Nope, I'm not muted right now. You're not muted. I, I was muted, but I'm not muted right now. Guys, Thank be you. <laughs> no please, problem. Please be patient with me. Guys, he <laughs> he is learning. He does have a little bit of a sound background, but uh, if you were to ever see what's going on, he's sitting there with three computers and a mixing board. So Alex is is got to be on the air, on camera, on audio, and doing all the behind the scenes shit. Doug and I got the easy stuff. So you grew up in Apache Junction for your first 13 years. Mm-hmm. Yep. What took your family to Indiana? Um, family. Um, uh, grandfather uh, passed away. And then uh, we, we all decided to uh, move back to uh, Indiana. Or my, my parents dis- uh, came from Indiana, so they all decided to go back. And I do want to, uh, guys, I want, I'm, those of you who watch the show, and, and you've watched it some, 
is I'm pretty transparent, I think, with with how we run the show. And in that transparency, Alex, if you have any questions <laughs> with what you have going on over there, speak up, let me know. Not a problem, dude. Uh, I understand there's a lot of knobs involved. I got you. You no, got me. I'm right there. I'm right <laughs> Thank there. Thank you, brother. Um, and, and Thank you. Do remember, you're allowed to be on camera every now and then. I'm sure you've got you preloaded already. Um, so at 13, you moved to Apache, or you moved to Indiana. Mm -hmm. Your family's originally from there. Yep. You grew up in Indiana. I lived in Indiana for four years. <laughs> and, uh, man, I enjoyed it. How? What's it like to, I mean, Indiana, I, I, Pawnee, Indiana. Everybody knows <laughs> Indiana from Parks and Rec. Right. Yeah, what's it like growing up there? Uh, growing up in Indiana, um, man, pretty uh, pretty laid back. <laughs> um, I don't know. I <laughs> <laughs> not much to say, not much to do? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> what part of Indiana? Uh, Brownsburg, Indiana. Brownsburg. Where's Brownsburg? It is on the west side of Indianapolis. Okay. Uh, it's kind of a suburb. Okay. I, mean, I never really got to know the west side, only the airport. You yeah. know, you got the airport out there. So, in, in Indiana, you kind of bring us to where, where you and I first meet is you started skydiving in Indiana. Mm -hmm. What got you into skydiving? What made you want to do this? Um, my parents used to do it back in the 70s. I always heard their stories. had to try it out. Once I tried it out, I got hooked, obviously. <laughs> now, you made your first jump late July 2003. Uh, so late, it was August 1st. Dude, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know I don't actually remember that. You've had to remind me that on more than one occasion. I'm, I'm not necessarily the brightest guy in, in the room. Mm. And you liked it enough that you came back two weeks later? Yep. Uh, two weeks later, I was in the uh, first jump course. Yeah, and I, I actually, God, man, I've been doing first <laughs> jump courses for quite a while now, and I don't remember most people's first jump courses. Alex, you've taught a lot yourself. Do you remember most people who actually have taken a first jump course with you? Well, I remember that first jump course, but <laughs> no, I don't remember a lot of them because, hey, man, sometimes you just get people to come through. Yeah. You get a lot of names. You get a lot of faces. But, I mean, dude, I remember. I remember you. I remember where you sat. I remember the room we were in. And, and you left one hell of an impression. You probably remember the girl in the course more I than me. I actually <laughs> don't. Um, kind of sad. <laughs> there was a whole piercing question. My <laughs> nose! <laughs> Not that girl, Alex. My nose. It was so pretty. Um, yeah, what was your piercing question? I don't remember it. Oh, it wasn't my nose. Hers. <laughs> she wanted to know if it was okay to uh, jump with uh, piercings and other places. I, you know, I actually remember that question. <laughs> I remember it was from you. I believe you <laughs> more than I remember, believe me. Well, uh, at that uh, time, I did have other piercings. Was she cute? Uh, yeah, she was cute. So a cute girl, Alex, asks me about piercings. And then it got me wondering about my And all I can remember <laughs> is Doug. <laughs> That's our Dougie. <laughs> oh, oh, so cute. So obviously you enjoyed your tandem. What what is it about that first jump that kept you kept you coming back for more? Um, it was actually a little bit of a situational overload for me. Um, I was actually that guy that was very calm. Like uh, when you interviewed me after uh, after our jump, um, I didn't have much to say. Uh, I was I was. That guy. <laughs> Did you still have that video, by the way? Uh, no, I keep asking you for it. <laughs> That's right. We went through all my tapes, and yeah. I couldn't find it. Yeah, I couldn't find um, it. Hey, I think I still have at least part of that in the Christmas video. <laughs> it's part of it. Doug's in There's the Christmas video? <laughs> in the 2003 video, when yeah. he's, like, throwing up? 
like a little bit of shake and bake. Oh, he's throwing up the shot. Yeah, he's throwing that up. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's a little giddy. That's <laughs> when a little giddy. up, I thought you <laughs> No, didn't yeah. puke. <laughs> uh. No, we'll, we'll have to look through that again. Um, worst case scenario, I'll give you all my tapes and my camera, and you can dick through it. And I awesome. still have a mini DV camera. It's If you saw the collection, I think I still know. have one, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Technology has come so far. Yeah. Um, so y- you decide you try it again. And who did you I, – I don't ever remember this answer. I know I shot your first tandem video. Mm-hmm. Who did the jump? Dennis Anderson. How do I not remember that? I don't know. <laughs> who? Dennis. Dennis? Yep. Explain. Explain, please. <laughs> please uh, explain. I, I really don't have much to explain. I just uh, uh, went to the drop zone. They set me up with uh, Dennis, and DJ was uh, on video. I think so Alex, and correct me if I'm wrong, Alex, but I think Alex says explain because we know who Dennis Anderson is, and a handful of our friends know who Dennis Anderson is, but a lot of the jumpers who've come around in the last five to seven years have no clue who this man is. That's what you're asking for. So... <laughs> Correct. Yes. So, so give so us a give us a give us a background. Background. Um, well, Dennis uh, first met him August first, and uh, you know he he was kind of a, a mentor for me. Um, he uh, he showed me how to uh, do my first uh, reserve repack, and he was he was actually there when I when I uh, went through my senior course, uh, and he was doing his masters. So. And uh, I don't know. He, he was okay. Just no, uh, special. that's awesome, Doug. Hey, um, <laughs> but please, no, <laughs> no. That, that I really appreciate that. But um, hey, um, can can you elaborate a little bit more? Like, I mean, sorry, I don't want to steal the thunder away from anything. <laughs> no, man, I don't want to do anything like right that. Exactly. But I just want to say, like, hey, Doug, like, let's throw down. Like, I mean, there was a jump when the three of us. The last time the three of us actually made a skydive together was for what reason and why did it happen and why was it so significant to all of us? Can can you elaborate on that, Owen? You or mean on the on the tandem? The no, on that jump? <laughs> no, no, I just mean on Dennis's memorial jump. Doug wasn't there. I was. I wasn't actually. There. Yeah, Doug what? wasn't on that jump. No. no, unfortunately, Doug wasn't in the area. No. Um, I think what the big thing Alex is really doing, and Alex, freaking <laughs> spot on, dude. Mister P is not here, but you're doing a great <laughs> job filling in. I love the questions. I love the leading. Um, at, at folks, Alex was nervous about speaking up too much. Brother, you're on point. Thank you for filling in, um, man. So I'll start a little bit of Dennis Anderson. Alex, I think you were there the day Dennis showed up. Mm-hmm. We were sitting around the drop zone one night. We were hanging around the bonfire, drinking beers, having a good time, doing whatever. And the bonfire, it's on a, a municipal airport, a city airport, Greensburg, Indiana. You've, yep. you've been there a lot. Right. And uh, this plane lands. When this plane lands, we, you, we don't want to be a ruckus. We don't want to be a problem. We got this bonfire. So we all kind of start putting our, our beers away. We all start hiding whatever, wh- whatever people need to hide. I don't know what skydivers hide, just <laughs> saying. But people start hiding shit. And uh, then here comes this old man walking up. So people really start like, what's, what's <laughs> going on? And he walks up, and the first thing he says is, Hi, I'm the new guy. Bob just hired me. Who's got a beer? <laughs> and that is my first introduction to Dennis Anderson. And one of the most jovial, kind-hearted spirits I've ever met, man. What's your first Dennis Anderson impression? I, we know the experience is a tandem skydive, but like, tell us your feelings and thoughts on him. Just the knowledge base of, of Dennis um attracted to me to um actually learning and teaching um i 
I still take uh, some of his ways of teaching and try and implement them into a, uh, <laughs> a happy way of uh, teaching and instructing. So he, he definitely has a lot of influence on who I am as an instructor. It's, uh, sure, remember that? Mm-mm. Hey, Dennis, can you help me with a reline? Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah. You remember that. Yeah. Hey, Dennis, can you help me with a reserve repack? Sure. <laughs> and, and that's it. And I think Steph, Steph Tiggers, Leanne Steph, <coughs> really brings up a, a good bit of information uh, and a good dentist story. Flaming sugar ball story <laughs> sounds like a great story <laughs> is what Steph goes with. Alex, how do you feel about that, brother? Flaming what? <laughs> flaming sugar, sugar balls? <laughs> I've never heard of the story. I, I'm just <laughs> looking at a flaming sugar ball right here. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> Glad we uh, glad we uh, got the uh, flaming part dropped off of there, but, you know. <laughs> but uh, oh no, the no, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's still, still pretty there. flaming. Yeah, so it's first still of all, for our friends in Dallas who work with Doug, flaming <laughs> sugar balls is the full nickname. Oh. Where'd it come from? Uh, all right, so we're sitting around the uh, bonfire, and uh, I think it was Jackie. No, it was it was another manifester that. Uh, had a marshmallow on fire, and the way she was putting it out was uh, waving it uh, to put it out. And it goes flying across the uh, fire pit, and uh, halfway in mid midair, the uh, uh, dentist pipes up and says, watch out for the flaming sugar balls. <laughs> and then you pipe up, and you say, did you just call him flaming sugar balls? Pointing at me. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, not to mention that the, the marshmallow landed in Jackie's hair, I believe. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with Alex. Alex, does that part of the story sound a little fuzzy? I, I, I don't remember that, but there's a lot of <laughs> sticky stuff in Jackie's hair that I just don't remember about. Oh, love you, Jackie. Um, man, uh, Marion Sparks says Dennis was a great instructor, and a, and a lot of our friends got to know Dennis. Uh, one of I think all of our favorite parts is every single skydive except for AFF. What did Dennis always wear? Socks. Sock. Ears. <laughs> socks wear. We all wear socks. On his, on his head. On his yeah. helmet, man. Um, man, what a great guy. So you, you made your first jump with Dennis. Mm-hmm. You enjoyed it, but you weren't quite sure what it was. You were still like, yeah. all right. So you come, you take a first jump course with me, and, and despite listening to me all day long, which... <laughs> oh. Dang. Oh. <laughs> Damn. This is DJ. How can I help you? Who that? Valentino, man. Um, so I'm live right now on a podcast, and I have a really big rule <laughs> that um, that rule is I actually have to answer any phone call on the air live. <laughs> and uh, so you're live on the air right now. How you been, buddy? I'm doing good, man. Um, I'm doing good. So, guys, the speakerphone won't work on this call, but Valentino, uh, what um, you're calling, I'm guessing, because you're coming back soon. Yeah. Right on, man. Do you mind if I uh, give you a call back tomorrow? All right, <laughs> brother, I'll reach you at the same number. So, hey, Doug, while they're talking on... You know, they're doing their own thing. All right, buddy. Until Valentino. Hey, remember that time when we were playing (laughs) war at Carrie Bogan's house? (laughs) 12-hour war game. And it was, and and Val did not turn the stove on. Oh, my God. (laughs) Do you remember that? 
I don't remember that. No, I, <laughs> I do remember that, and I get in trouble yeah. for telling that story regularly. Guys, <laughs> so, so those of you who know the rule about actually uh, answering your phone on the air live uh, on speakerphone, sorry, apparently Facebook calls do not come through on my speakerphone. So now I have actually got my... <laughs> My phone on silent, and Jason Hyder, thank you for <laughs> for the text message. Um, <laughs> anyways, what's up, Billy Doherty, man? Billy Doherty, the other part of the Three Stooges. Billy Bob. Uh, Steve Winmer, got to make a couple AFF jumps with Dennis, uh, failing due to pulling unstable on the first one. I remember announcing right out to uh, next jump that I was going to. I'm sorry I'm reading this out loud, that I was <laughs> going to, and I can't read the rest of it because uh, my iPad. Um, I was going to keep him stable, uh, have the video somewhere. Um, cool. So, despite listening to me, you make <laughs> your first AFF jump. Did you make the mm-hmm. jump the same day? No, not at all. Okay. Um, it was uh, two weeks after the tandem. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it, it fell in between uh, uh, Rantoul. So Rantoul was in between my first jump. I'm and sorry, you, you said Rantoul? Rantoul. Rantoul? I'm <laughs> I sorry. I think Rantoul was, was a little bit later. Okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, so right after Rantoul, and I actually remember that because I uh, hurt my back a little bit. I had a little bit of a hard landing at Rantoul that year. So I was hurt, and I couldn't jump at the time. So I taught a bunch of first jump courses. Uh, no. I actually would say that that day, and I'm about to get sappy and, and, and make man love to you right now, uh, was probably one of the best accidents that ever happened to me, and it's just quite frankly because then I got stuck teaching this first jump course, and I'm positive we would have met and we would have interacted, but I really that day w- was a good day because, no. you know, we'll, we'll get to this, but fast forward, you're one of my best friends. I mean, two of my closest absolute homies are sitting in the room with me right now. Um, you help run my business, and, and dude, I think this all started on that day in that classroom. Your first AFF, mm-hmm. was it better? Was it less overwhelming? It was definitely less overwhel- overwhelming, and uh, that's probably where I really decided that I wanted I wanted to do this. You know, um, and uh, yeah, it, it was just awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of the best experiences I had been in, and uh, at that point I was 19, so I haven't had I didn't have that many experiences, especially something overwhelming as as that was. Um, so uh, the second jump definitely tamed me down a little bit and, and showed me up. showed me and lift me <laughs> up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what was it about that second jump that really lit you up? That that really said I got to do this. I want more of this. Um. Yeah, uh, all the adrenaline, everything, uh, seeing seeing the world in a, di- in a different different way, you know. Um, I need I needed to change uh, at that point, and and skydiving definitely changed changed uh, life up for me. So it changed life. What what were you doing at that point with your life? Um, at that point, I was uh, starting automo- automotive uh, technology. Um, and, uh, actually going to be a mechanic and Still I are. eventually, yeah, I, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, uh, eventually, uh, I finished that school, um, and started another college. Um, but, uh, ultimately, uh, decided to be an instructor instead of, uh, going into the automotive field. I mean, what a crazy world. I know I made my first jump when I was 23, Alex O'Connor. Oh man. Okay. So somebody heard that we're going to answer our phone calls live <laughs> on the air, and I turn my phone on silent, but not do not disturb. So yes, sir, you're live. 
Mr. What's up, Dave? Esker- Dave Eskerwood. Marco Island, man. We will probably get there. <laughs> Are we- you kidding me, Dave Esterwood? <laughs> yeah. I didn't knock her up. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, yeah, you did, Doug. Yeah. So, real quick, guys, uh, Dave Esterwood is an old friend of ours, so everybody say hey to Dave. Hey, Dave. Dave, you are the man. <laughs> we love you. Dave, I love you. Keep you. Promis- you, yeah. you keep yeah, promising to visit us, but you haven't yeah, visited I'm, us yet. I'm coming down. Okay. I'm, I'll be down this summer. I guarantee you. Hell yeah, man. And I told you, you got a place to stay with Valerie and I at any time. All right. Hey, uh, how come you guys are, your, your broadcast is delayed, right? Yeah, the delay is, is sometimes we see about a five to ten second delay, and we've seen it up to a minute. Uh, it's just Facebook and the way it works. Okay. So. All right, I'll let you get back to what you got going there. And, uh, Sorry, Dave. I'll, you this I'll put All my right, pants brother. back on, I will uh, see you. and you missed that one. Sorry. I will see you this uh, summer, Dave, and uh, you take it easy, brother. All right, you too. Love you, Love you too, homie. Cool. Um, I actually am going to put my phone on Do Not Disturb because <laughs> my phone is actually beat three or four times, <laughs> and I'm going to take my watch off. And I really thought I did put it on Do Not Disturb earlier. <laughs> so that was a good one. That was, that was yeah. good. Yeah. Dude, that was worth it. <laughs> yeah, that was worth it. Marco Island. Um, we'll get to all the <laughs> oh, stories. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing happened on that one. No. <laughs> I don't remember Marco Island extremely well because I was hopped up on Percocets yeah. most you of the trip. You in it? You don't remember Marco Island only because either you were, uh, what's the word, uh, uh, hypoxic, <laughs> or on a, a couple of painkillers. Oh, I was only on, because because I hooked it in. But to be fair, it was only in front of like the police the mayor. chief and the fire chief <laughs> and everybody in a demonstration to show how safe everything was. Alex, just remember, you got to keep that mic close to your face. You can't talk away from it. Understood. Cool, buddy. Um, got it. So you make your second jump. Mm-hmm. You really like it. You fall in love with it. Right. How long did it take you to get through AFF? Say about a week and a half, two weeks in Indiana. And uh, yes, that's hard. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we have a little bit limited season there, and we don't have as many loads as we fly uh, at a place like Spaceland, right. whether Houston or Dallas or, or Cluiston or any of our, our locations. Um, a, a lot less busy. But I remember you immediately came in guns blazing. Um, yep. I actually remember... Your first AFF jump. I didn't remember if it was the same day or not, but I remember because after your first jump, you didn't leave that night. No. You didn't go away. You hung out with Billy and myself. And um, and the two cats. And the two cats. <laughs> Toodlums, Toodlums and, and Mudbone. You got it, <laughs> So. Hey, you know, my mom still has both of those cats. You're kidding. Nice. Nope. They're still oh, good. Wow. Nice. Yeah, they're still love. They, they still loving. They love them. That's awesome. They were the first cats that actually really won me over. I thought, uh, I thought, I hate cats, and two of them in Mudbone, I call them dog cats, and <laughs> the other cats want me over. So, what up, Nathan Blood? Um, dude, remember playing with G.I. Joe growing up as a kid? Yeah. Of course. Wh- what yeah. is one of the coolest G.I. Joe characters? Major Blood. I don't know the names. <laughs> Do you remember Major Blood? Uh, I don't know the names. Oh, my God. You disappoint me. Uh, a good buddy <laughs> of mine, Nathan Blood, is saying what's up, and Nathan Blood is Army guy, and his name is Major Blood. Alex, you look lost. 
Nope, I'm just playing with the video. I just want to make sure I don't like hit something stupid. <laughs> yeah. As long as you see you on one screen and us on the other. I see you guys on the right side, and I see the rating center on the other side, and then I see a bunch of like little tick downs. So I'm. So you want to hit the number two right now to preload you <laughs> on the left side. Right. On okay. the keypad. No, no, no. On the no, keypad. No, no. Okay. Yep. Oh, keypad. There you go. Do oh ah oh, there we go. Now if you hit plus, you'll switch between you and us. Okay. So give it a try. Let's just see how it works. All right, let, hold on. Wait. Hit plus. Oh and wait. Got. I think that's and cut. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Cool man. Wait. So the rest of this whole video is just all me. It's Go for it. Man. <laughs> Have at it. <laughs> all right. GI Joe's me. <laughs> Woo. So um. You finish your AFF, and that's one of the things I remember is you finish your AFF real fast, and you, you didn't leave out basically for two weeks. Yeah. For two weeks, you, you hung out with us nonstop, and I have a lot of fun stories of Doug. I have a lot of, of fond memories of Doug, but you know my favorite Doug story. <laughs> All right. First, the tootlums and Mudbone way I bring that up is uh, yeah. that night we were hanging out, and uh, – the, the cats had never attacked anybody, um, but <laughs> they uh, decided to uh, both jump at me from two different ends and just attack me. <laughs> um, they didn't bite or anything. They just smacked me and ran off. <laughs> I think they planned it out. <laughs> Dude, that was, it was you. We were sitting in the pee pits one night hanging out. Yeah, it was under, it was, we were around the uh, uh, actual uh, wind tunnel. Yeah, we had a portal Mark tunnel there. Pee pit? <laughs> what is that? What is that? What What's is a pee, a pee pit? pit? It's a pee explain, pit. please explain to these southerners. Pee pit is, is a round thing that uh, you land in for accuracy. And now it's <laughs> actually a lot of the southerners know it. It's yeah. uh, Space Land Houston's one of the few DZs around that doesn't have one. Mm. We actually saw pee pit at a lot of the other Houston area drop zones over the years. Uh, uh, Skydive Dallas and now Space Land Dallas has a Space Land still. Dallas has a seventy-five foot pee pit. Sorry, I thought you said weed pit. No. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> it may have been Greensburg, but I don't think we had a weed pit. <laughs> so, <laughs> Tulum and Mubbo and attack you. Yep. Speechless. And now we go to your 13th jump. <laughs> that is my favorite bug story. <laughs> and I want you to tell that story beginning to end. Uh, all right. So, uh,. I'm just, I'm just standing around the drop zone, and uh, uh, the DZO Bob Doherty comes up, and he's so like, uh, "You want to go on a uh, you want to go on a jump or a maintenance run? Uh, we're going to Richmond and coming back." So, so wait a minute, what's a maintenance run? Uh, we needed to pick up a uh, uh, the caravan from doing a hundred hour inspection or something. Um, so he just called it a maintenance run. <laughs> yeah. Remember, not everybody else knows what we're talking about. Right, right. You got <laughs> it, man. Um, so uh, we all load up in the uh, 206 to go get the caravan. And, uh, you know, ha halfway through the flight, I noticed uh, DJ and uh, uh, what's her name? Nicole. Nicole. Yes. Um, looking back and forth at each other and just, like, like making silent conversations, you know, just over my back. And I'm, I'm just wondering what's going on. So we uh, we land in Richmond. And by the way, just for the record, I've told you this now, I think. We were just screwing around. We were bored <laughs> on an airplane ride. But this has <laughs> now got in your head, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we land in uh, Richmond, and uh, uh, you come up to me, and you say, uh, uh, we don't have reserves in these parachutes. Um, 
<laughs> and I was like, and you know, <laughs> thinking thinking about you know old, really really old skydiving stories. Um, I, I'm just thinking, well, the only other thing could be drugs. So um, it very quickly went from a maintenance <coughs> run to a drug run, and I'm just freaking out. <laughs> Silently, I'm freaking out. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, uh, who was it? Nicole came back, back yep, up to me. Nicole. And like halfway through me just being very stressed out, <laughs> um, she's like, don't let, th- don't let them screw with you. <laughs> Actually, I remember she said, whatever he's telling you, He's full of shit. He's full of shit. It's, it's exactly <laughs> what she said. And it, it was fun because Billy and Bob were with us. Yeah. And Nicole and Blake, Blake yep. Milford. And they went to go check on the caravan. Billy and Bob and Alex, I wish you were there for this one, went to go check on uh, Jamie Prater. That was the name, right? Uh, I think that was Prater Jamie. owned uh, owned uh, Jamie. Richmond. Jamie. Richmond, uh, Scott Eyed Richmond. Yeah. Yeah, so Billy and and uh, Bob go check on that. So you and I are, are alone to low gear over. And no. hey, man, uh, you don't have to jump with us, <laughs> but you can if you want. And uh, you don't have to say yes to this next thing. But we're kind of uh, smuggling drugs back <laughs> into Greensburg. Uh. And it, it was so fun because I, 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 you had the bait for about five seconds before Nicole walked up. Yeah, and you told me later on that your parents' background and their stories of drug smuggling in the days, you know? <laughs> and if you ever hear old school skydiving stories, you've heard stories of things like that happening. Don't know if any of them have ever been true or not, right. uh, but check out a couple books that are available online and, and you can see some of those stories. Um, I, I personally have never heard any stories about my parents. No, no, not about your parents, but, but hearing stories. I have heard stories about <laughs> yes. Doug. Um, Explain your name. Doug. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> There, that's 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 a story about your parents. <laughs> Do it. Hurry, story about quick, my parents. Fast. Doug. DC three. <laughs> my uh my uh name comes from uh I believe Mr. Douglas. Uh I was named after uh Douglas no DC three. Oh shit. Yep. I believe it was Mr. Douglas, but yeah, no, could no. be a different DC three altogether. So a lot of people out there have no clue. Uh, DC threes were once upon a time a really popular jump plane. Now they're a novelty. Alex has at least one really cool jump out of a DC three I've seen, <laughs> and Mr. Douglas was probably one of the more famous DC threes that ever flew, and it was really cool. And Alex, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I had no clue. What? You are now Mr. Douglas to me from <laughs> now on. And, and that's good to know. So, um, dude, I just. The, the look on your face, the, the like, I, I don't know what to do with this. This, this <laughs> dude who I'm pretty cool with wants me to smuggle drugs from <laughs> Indiana to Indiana. Yeah, I was I was piecing it together when Nicole said that. Yeah. I was like, uh, well, we're not even crossing state line. This just doesn't make sense. <laughs> I only had so. you about five seconds, but I had you. <laughs> and I already, pre- I already uh, did a gear check on my rig, so I, was, I knew it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> you, you knew you were good to go. <laughs> it wasn't all lumpy. <laughs> it was uh, still w- one of my favorite Doug stories. One of the things that you mentioned earlier is you were going to school to be a mechanic. And, mm-hmm. oh, my God, I, I definitely have to thank you for that because uh, actually the reason you're here today is um, Mr. Douglas is rusting away on a ramp now. Ryan, you're kidding, man. Um, that's that's sad to hear. Um, is you actually came, you and I are both very busy during during the jump year, and I've been really busy lately, and I needed some time off. And you said you could take some time away. 
Yep. So I asked you to come down here for the last two days, uh, today and tomorrow, and work on my car with me. And actually, you came down for four days, so Monday and Tuesday we got some jumps. Thank you so much for the skydives. No, thank you for those. Uh, dude, it was enjoyable for sure. And then uh, t- we've been working on our cars. So one of your big passions is cars. Yes. Um, what what like first of all, what is your favorite vehicle? Because I know it's not a car. Oh, I really don't have a favorite vehicle. Um, I like fixing vehicles. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense, but um, that's just where where I'm at with vehicles. Um, it really doesn't matter which ones. I have preferences. Um, I I like Toyota, but. I might be a little bit brainwashed with Toyota, too. So <laughs> Yeah, you were for Toyota for a total of how long? Total about four or five years. Yeah. Something like that. So what is it about fixing cars that you, I mean, it's, it's you, you say it's not so much as you like cars, which I, I know you enjoy them, but you really like working on fixing them. What is it about fixing them? Um, it's like a puzzle. Um, yeah. I get to put the puzzle back together right. <laughs> Um, and you know, just the whole complexity of it. Hmm. So at least what I was doing with uh, the cars, (laughs) it it was very complex. They're a lot more complex today than they were. Uh, you own a 71, 71 Chevy. It's a C10. C10. And where's that sitting at right now? It's in Indiana. It's at my dad's place. Okay. You had it at some point. Didn't you have something down in Austin that you took back to? Oh, that's my, that's, uh, I have a 98 uh, Z71. Okay, okay. So I, I got confused. For some odd reason, I thought I <laughs> thought it was the other one. Where's that Z71? Uh, it's at my buddy's house right now, and I need to fix it. <laughs> Your buddy's house in what area? <laughs> uh, I have no idea what town it is. Um, it's in Texas, um, on the other side of Dallas. Okay. From where White Right is. Okay, so west west of Dallas, yeah. but in, so in the Dallas area. Yeah. So it's not horribly far away. No, no, no. Okay. No. I'll I'll get to it. <laughs> Man, I um absolutely like working on cars, and and, and you know I have a '67. It's uh, older cars. Like, dude, open the hood to my 2016, and there's a big black plastic cover over it that says "Do not touch." It doesn't say "Do not touch," but that's <laughs> what the black plastic cover means. <laughs> and if I were to pull it off, I wouldn't recognize anything underneath there. And there is zero room to put a wrench inside of there unless you know what you're doing. Yeah. And then you look at your 71 pickup, you look at my 67 Mustang, and you can stand in the engine bay. <laughs> I usually do. <laughs> <laughs> Especially on your truck, right? Yeah. I, would, I, w- I was going to try and do it on yours, but the hood's just too small. <laughs> the hood's too short and a little yeah. bit crowded around there. Um, which would you rather work on? Truck. <laughs> no, no, no. Old the or new? Oh, um... It really doesn't matter to me. Um, at Toyota, the last time, uh, they were having me rebuild the uh, uh, engines. Um, and uh, in Indiana, they were having me uh, rebuild the, or actually take trucks apart and replace frames. So um, it really doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I like, I like uh, the project vehicles of older vehicles because... Obviously, it's it's a project when uh, somebody asked me to work on it, and it's a 67 Mustang. Dude, it's uh, definitely fun, man. Uh, You said today it's been 13 years (laughs) since you shot a timing gun. Actually, it was the uh, you asked about the uh, carburetor. 13 years since you worked a carburetor, and I figured out it it had been over 26 years since I worked on any naturally aspirated engine with a carburetor, not fuel injected, etc. So there was a lot of. 
memory today. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm actually impressed at the said and done how far we were able were able to remember it, man. Yeah, it sounds pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, uh, yeah, thank you so so much, man. Uh, it's due for an inspection in April. I, I got to renew nice. my insurance. Turn on my my insurance. What's that stupid shit called? <laughs> state inspection. State inspection <laughs> for registration. And yeah, dude. Uh, I think I might still be a state inspector. Yeah, it's seven dollars for my state inspection. Yep. And so it's, it's no no emissions, like all the extra things we have to do to our our normal cars. Tip your mechanic. <laughs> tip your mechanic. So, guys, if you learn nothing today, uh, tip your mechanic. Do people actually tip mechanics? Uh, they used to. Um, I haven't seen it when I was at Toyota, but I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah. I know when it comes to, like, working. Uh, so my brand-new car, I get service at the dealership always just because it's under warranty. It has different things going on. And definitely nobody knows the car better than the dealership in most cases. No. They know any recalls or, or whatever. Um but when I go to, like, with the 67 Mustang, I'll work with older mechanics and just local mechanics. I definitely like tipping those guys. Yeah. A little bit different. When when I'm dealing with the dealerships, I'm like, eh, man, I'm just happy to get my car back. Yeah. Um, so back to back to you, and, and it's weird because something Nick and I talked about is skydiving. We, we talked a lot about skydiving, and... I think you know. I don't want this to be a skydiving <laughs> podcast. I don't know if you've, you've heard you've heard that back to an idea, and even Nick's made fun of it. But we've talked about skydiving a lot. But my gosh, right now the feedback we're getting from the public is they like the skydiving stuff that we've been talking about. Yeah. You mean when? Um, you mean that falling from the sky type of thing? Yeah, you know. Do only you guys do that? Have you have you guys ever done that? Only two things fall from the sky. Uh, um, well, all I know is you could be a number seven. That's you're my number seven. That's all I know. Yeah. Have you ever heard that? No. Only, only two things fall from the sky. You've never heard that comment no. from Wuffos, bird shit and idiots. No. So yeah, um, or fools. Some people say it. I mean, that's totally appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. It In all reality, completely makes sense. And quite frankly, I don't think every skydiver is an idiot. I think some of them are bird shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but skydiving bird shit that falls with style. Yeah, bird that falls with style. Um, I, I've heard from a lot of people. Even even today, I've been hearing from some of my friends about what's going on with the skydiving world, and that's you and I spent several years apart. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. we visited. We've seen each. I say we visited. You visited me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, uh, I you came. You came up to Indianapolis a couple times. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and we stayed in touch. But gosh, I think it was April last year. Mm-hmm. I was yep. sitting in Spaceland Dallas, and Spaceland Dallas, we were looking for new staff members, needed new staff, and I didn't tell you at the moment, but I was looking for somebody to run the Rating Center Dallas campus, right. and I gave you a call, and you showed up, mm-hmm. and uh, you, were, you were still, you had just got done being a full-time mechanic, you started working full-time just recently at another local drop zone, Lone Star, which, great group of people, great operation, right. um, but you just kind of saw this as a different opportunity. Mm-hmm. What what made you decide to go to Dallas? I think it was because I couldn't understand Ken on that phone call. <laughs> um, yeah, when you called me up, uh, I I didn't realize that it was on speakerphone, and uh, <laughs> I didn't know Ken was in the car either. <laughs> yeah, I, I did kind of hide. I did kind of uh, uh, I trick you a little bit. Yeah, I I I, actually, I don't know if you know it. I called Doug up 
to offer Doug a job at Spaceland Dallas <laughs> and say, would you be interested by having on speakerphone the whole time with Ken, the manager of Spaceland Dallas, listening and giving me the thumbs up or thumbs down, like, Doug, well, <laughs> what, what if I could say Spaceland could do this? And I'm saying <laughs> it, I'm, you probably remember I was saying it inquisitively. Yeah. It's because I was looking to Ken and Ken's going, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I was really getting permission uh, at yeah. that point. So <laughs> Alex just drew a. If Alex, <laughs> if that's what a penis looks like to you, you, you might want to get that bro. checked. <laughs> I didn't hear that story. <laughs> that was my interpretation of your story. Thank you. A, a, a weirdly shaped penis. Okay. Um, but I do know the time when when I was trying to talk to Dougie. And trying to get Dougie down, just because he, he's our Dougie. He's flaming <laughs> sugar balls. And when we spend a lot of time trying to get him down here and everything, and it, it takes a little time. It takes some time. <laughs> I mean, you gotta pull your, you gotta pry your fingers off the Midwest and you pry your comfort and everything. But yeah, it, it, I mean, but hey, man, all we, my we family's up there. And it was it was hard to leave. I Ditto for the first I, time. Same so. thing, man. I'm the same thing. I'm from Ohio, so I did the same thing. Yeah. I pried my hands off and. I'm just thankful that I'm here now, and yeah. thankful that you're here now. And oh I'm, man, I'm loving and it. And DJ was, it, DJ Dennis were my my biggest emotional, whatever you're trying to, you know, emotional finger grabs. Just to get me down here. <laughs> emotional <laughs> that makes finger sense. grabs. I don't, how, I don't know how you say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> know how you say that. We you were your emotional saying? support system when you showed yep. up here. Yep. We were your anchor. We we were where you came to. And uh, Doug, I think you came at the right place in the right time, you know, and that's something like Alex, I'm with you. We definitely worked and, and tugged you here for a while, but it's about timing yeah. and, and, and the time in your life with where you were at, I think had you come down here, I don't think it would have worked out. Yeah. A- and I think the time that it has happened has it, been money. Yeah. Um, so you work at Dallas for a month. How, how, how have you been liking just as a tandem instructor? You're the chief tandem instructor there now, right? No, yes. Yeah. How are you liking it there? I mean, what what is it like being yeah. a chief tandem instructor? Um, it's hard to say. Dreams come true, but <laughs> uh, no, it, it's uh, it's definitely been a a blessing. Um, I uh, I really like the uh, drop zone that I'm at, um, and uh, Spaceland, um, you know, accepted me with uh, full arms. You know. Now, to be fair, I think everybody would have. I mean, I, I really don't yeah. think it matters where you would have gone, whether you've gone to Spaceland Dallas, Spaceland Houston, Skydive Paris, um, Skydive Twin or Baldwin, uh, Skydive Twin Cities up in Baldwin, Wisconsin. I don't think I don't care where it is. I think they would have accepted you. You're just a fucking outstanding human being. Um, I actually titled Thanks, this. Thanks, man. Oh, you're welcome, brother. <laughs> I, I titled this Douglas. Uh, you know, it's episode five. Doug Ligner. All these skydiving terms of who you are, but the last thing is human extraordinaire, and, and that is something you've always touched a lot of us as friends. You, you've touched our hearts. You, you, you're just a fucking great guy, man. So I'm really happy to have you around. Um, the part that got interesting and the real reason I, I wanted you at Dallas because you, you didn't seem unhappy with what you were doing, but for the last about three years, you were extremely lost from what I was watching. Yeah, yeah. I would I would say lost. That's good. <laughs> like, w- w- uh, there's a lot of our friends out there right now. Uh, some of them had just became coaches through you th- recently. Some of them might have been trained by you as a student 10 years ago. Uh, some of them might be students right now. 
but they're lost and, and they weren't sure what I mean like where were you at what do you mean you were lost help these people it, it kind of validate where they're at um I don't I don't exactly understand your uh, I don't either man <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, you, you were lost you didn't know what to do no, absolutely unhappy mm-hmm I mean, you'd go to work. You, at that point, you're working most of it at Toyota. Yeah. I think half of that time frame, you were still in Indiana working full-time as a skydiver. Uh, before that? Before the The three last years three years, yeah. yeah. About yeah. half of those three years was uh, it's full-time right. skydiving at Bob Doherty's place, skydiving in Indianapolis. And then half of it was as, as a mechanic. And you're, again, not unhappy, no. but you're not satisfied. You're not happy. Right. You part, go ahead. My, uh, uh, my initial uh, thought of uh, becoming an instructor when I was in automotive uh, technology in, in school, um, you know, I, after time, uh, I, just, I just got mm, burnout. out. And then I went back to mechanics, but my initial decision of being a skydiver the rest of my life um, was always weighing on me. Like, I, I always, I, that's what I want to be. That's what I want to do. Um, as far as being lost, um, yeah, I was very lost because I, I was just uh, burnt out th- at the time. So It's, uh, and that's that's weird because... You were burnt out, so you took a break from skydiving, yeah. and then found out it was it was calling me. <laughs> it's what I needed to do. It's yeah. it's what it what I love to do. Yeah. I was in a very similar point, man. I I, I, I think I got burnt out as a full time tandem instructor, full time AFF instructor, full time video guy, and, and I really enjoyed what I was doing, but it started burning me out. Why do you think now you like it more than you did when you were burnt out three years ago? Mm. I believe it's the more training that I'm doing in, in the in these jumps that I'm actually doing. Um, I, I get to work with the people more. Um, I, not saying that the old uh, my my old system was was flawed. It's just I get I get more time to work with them. You know yeah. What I mean? yeah, yeah. Bring that mic closer again. It's just starting Sorry. to wander a little bit. No, no <laughs> problem, man. Um, and that's like for me that w- that was one of the same things that happened to me is. So many people attack so many different systems, and that's one thing, man. There, th- I, there are some right and wrongs in this world, but there is a lot of rights. Just because somebody doesn't run business in the way I want to run business or the way you want to run business doesn't mean it's wrong. It's just a different way. And we see DZs who are tandem factories, and they turn out tandems left and right. And it's not a way I prefer to deal and, and work in the sport. Um, but it could be good for somebody else. Yeah, and, and there's nothing wrong. And I, I, and you and I were both dealing more on the tandem factory side. Yeah. And and we didn't get to train students. Where here, we still we we still turn out a high number of tandems. We still do a lot of jumps. But we're given that 10, 15, 20 minutes per student to interact and take them through an experience more. Yeah. So you really think it's that. Yeah. That and, man, I, I would challenge anybody who is, is thinking about becoming an instructor, but most particularly anybody who is an instructor, uh, whether your drop zone al- uh, gives you that time or not, find that time. And I think we could all create that time <coughs> to give that personal interactive experience. Get to know your students. 
uh, one of one of my uh, favorite people in the world, always asks uh, jumpers, "What brought you to the drop zone today? Why are you doing this?" And even though you might not be able to train the way you're doing it, he wants to have a true understanding of why that person's there, and he wants to be part of that experience. And I think that's a thing that we're allowed to do today. Absolutely. So, what in the world numbers is that, Mr. Ryan? Oh, okay. I see what he's doing. Um, Ryan Vivian. Uh, actually, you don't know Ryan. He, I, I'd met no. him at Skydive Dallas before it was Spaceland Dallas. Okay. Uh, he actually just gave us the coordinates uh, on Google Maps to check out Mr. Douglas on the ramp. So I'll have to do that. <laughs> uh, we'll have to do that and put a picture of you two side by side. Oh, so we get you to Spaceland Dallas. And gosh, I think you'd been there a month mm-hmm. when you approached me and you asked me a question. Do you remember what that question was? Um... No. Um, I do, and, and it's because it stood out to me strongly. And, and the, you said, I know you have set up with Spaceland the, uh, the rights to run rating courses here, and I know the rating center is going to be doing courses here, and I'm not interested in taking those courses. I'm not interested in, in doing that, but I am interested in becoming current as an examiner. I like what the folks at the rating center are doing, uh, what, what Hank is doing, what Valerie's doing, and, and, I, and, I'm, get, and I'm obviously part of it. Um, and you wanted to take your examiner rating to the next level. You were already an examiner. Correct. But you wanted to understand it better. Does that sound a little more familiar? Absolutely. Yeah. And it stood out to me because you didn't know it yet, but I wanted you to become one of my examiners. I wanted you to work as as rating center as one of the team members, and, uh, man, it's it's great because I really don't feel like you work uh, for me, and I don't even really feel like you work with me. Um, that's something that I've been introduced to more recently, but it – it's I work with I work for you, you know, all the people who work with the rating center. And you, we've had that conversation. It's my job to create success for you. Um, and and I really hope that we, we have been able to do that for you. Um, so you come in, you sit in course and I, I think you sat in on the first course. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that course, I told you the secret. <laughs> and actually, the first one was uh, with Hank. <laughs> with Hank. Yeah. Okay. And and I, but I still think it was the end of that one. It was that first trip that I said, Doug, okay. I want you to become an examiner with Rating Center. Okay. It was that. Did, does that sound familiar? Uh, I think it was a, a course after that. Okay. So it was the what first one. Yeah. With me. Yeah. Cool. And uh, I got zero regrets. <laughs> no regrets. <laughs> no no regrets. No regrets at all. <laughs> um. So it worked out re- really well, man. Um. You sat in on three coach courses with me, two tandem courses, and then you taught one under my supervision. And I don't think it was necessary because you're already an examiner, but you just wanted to kind of get on the same page to make sure we all had similar presentations. Exactly. Um, and, you know, w- I want everybody to use their own personalities, but w- we want a little continuity. Um, and that's and I'm, I'm a little having a hard time finding some of these words because – this conversation gets a little bit hard. One of the reasons you said you weren't an active examiner was why? Um, I don't know. It, it was, uh, I, I think, I really think it goes back to uh, being burnt out and yeah. not being able to actually express myself as uh, a instructor, a teacher, for that matter. One of the things you told me is you also felt like you weren't as experienced enough. You, you didn't have enough training, and, and that's a hard word to use. It's, a, it's just a word I have in my mind right now. You don't have the right training or the right preparation, I think would be a better word, okay. to run courses. Does that 
<laughs> yeah, I'll just take pictures of us over there. Does that sound a little bit more familiar? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I felt the same way, man. I, I, I have all the love. Uh, we were trained by the same man. We were trained by a guy named Jay Stokes. And Jay did a great job. And I don't think Jay failed us at all. I think he trained no. you better than he trained me because you were trained well after me. Yeah. I think I was trained better than the guys he trained before me. And continually we increase. Right. But we've had this discussion. I think it's one of our biggest flaws is our level of training and preparation as examiners with our organization. I support USPA. We do a great job as a whole. But I think there's a lot of improvement we can continue to make. Well, there's always room for improvement. Yeah. I mean, that's... Uh, I <laughs> Scott Evans ever evolving. We need to we need to evolve with uh, wh- what we're teaching, where where we're going. You know, uh, just like we were saying earlier, uh, we're we're shaping the future. So <laughs> we might have been talking about something else, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. But <laughs> a different teacher. <laughs> yeah, completely. Uh, but still, to- totally apropos. But you know, d- dinosaurs aren't dead because they're old. Dinosaurs are dead because they didn't evolve. Right. And you and I look at a lot of our friends, and, and God bless them. They're still my friends, who teach some of the same old things they taught ten years ago, fifteen years ago, twenty, thirty, forty years ago. But, man, if I teach <coughs> the same way today that I taught 10 years ago, shame on me. Yeah. And, and same for you. So kind of back to where we were at, I don't feel like as the system went, our our training was as thorough as it is becoming more and more. And and God bless a lot of those folks. I think Jay is doing a great job. I oh think yeah. Brahm has helped step up that curve. We're, we're doing a better job. But in your take, what can we do better as an organization to prepare these examiners for the future? Examiners? Um, just, uh, basically working, working with the, working with the next level of, uh, um, instructor, yeah. you know, the, the, we all, <laughs> I like, I like the, uh, whole standardization thing, but we still need to evolve with it. I think yeah. we, we need to, we need to be able to take, uh, more, more, uh, side of, side of things. Yeah. Um, we need to actually, you know, accept that there's uh, different ways of thinking of uh, different situations. So. Absolutely. Something that y- I think you've been to now is the tandem standardization meeting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, of course, I, I go to those in the AFF standardization meeting. How do you feel about having a coach standardization meeting? Is that something we should do? Um, I, I agree with it. I do. Um, I, I agree with uh, both sides of it, really. Um, but I think, uh, I think the, uh, the coach, uh, should, should be a little bit more, uh, uh, strict. Um, I think that we can, we can actually, uh, instruct at a higher, um, standard. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I will, uh, I don't know if we should be more strict. Yeah. That might've been a I think rash word. But we should do a better job holding the standards because I really believe if every coach examiner, every tandem examiner, every AFF examiner held the absolute standard the way the intent and desire was t- was to be, I think would be a lot better. So, A, I think right. we should do a better job holding the standard. And, B, I think we could do a better job training each other. I, I recently posted a video on Facebook about training candidates, you know, hey, you're supposed to help train two tandem level ones. We were talking about uh, TB, Tyler Barton earlier today. What up, TB? TB, what's up, man? Uh, <laughs> TB, if you don't know TB, guys, check out uh, the Flyers for the Rating Center. He is the guy, the sexy <laughs> guy in the orange rig. Um, 
TB has to help train two tandem level ones. And in most places you go, people are just going to have him sit there and watch, and they're, they're going to sign off on that. Yeah. Do you really think that's enough? If, do you think that's the way TB should be taught? No. And uh, I, I, I believe that, you know, they, they should sit around a whole day. I mean, every drop zone is going to have, you know, a bazillion level ones, you know. How many is I think they should sit around. I think they should sit around and, you know, watch a, watch a day's worth work of uh, on the ground, yeah. you know. Not not just two, you know. I, dude, I think that's a great idea. I, I would I would love to know that a tandem candidate came in and actually taught a level one under supervision of the instructor, you know, the instructor the whole time, but did a majority of the training because if they show up having done that training, now they can focus more on what's inside the course and taking it to the next level, coming yeah. in with that foundation. Right. Um, so back to kind of that question, if USPA, and I have no clue if this is in the goals, I, I actually <laughs> hope it is, if USPA started a, a standardization meeting that all coach examiners had to take, it was a requirement, would you support it? I would go. I would yeah. support it, yes. You would go. Do you think we should have that requirement? I like it, yes. Yeah? Um, the standardization meetings over the years have kind of, in some ways, evolved really well. And in, in just my opinion, um, I, I know a, another buddy of mine, and I'll, I'll leave his name out of it just so I don't throw him under the bus. Uh, he agrees that some of the standardization meetings have kind of fallen apart. They're not as strong as they once were. And we'd like to see him get back to, to better again. And I do believe the people running them are doing that, but it's a lot of evolution, man. They happen every two years, so yep. it's hard to evolve things every two years. Right. Um, what do you think of the tandem meetings we've been having? Um, oh, when was mine? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I liked it. It was very informative, uh, and uh, I, got, I got information that, you know, I... I had had, but it, it was updated information. So it, it pretty much brings us back on standard. That's that's uh, pretty much what I was doing over the summer was uh, just getting standard with everything and uh, figure, figuring out, you know, what, what's really going on and how to teach it. Mm. So it, it's it's great. I, I like them. Yeah. I actually think this last summer you've done more courses than you've done your entire career as an examiner. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been great to watch, man. I definitely see the. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I'm glad you. I'm glad you're enjoying it. And I think that's the other part of not being burnt out is you're not stuck. Yeah. Just doing tandems all day. Like, hey, man, you know what? This week I'm a coach examiner. This week you guys have fun doing tandems. Peace. Go do your thing. I want to teach some coach candidates. And some days you make a sacrifice doing that. Some days you're not making yeah. the same paycheck. And there are weeks that you're making the bigger paycheck. Yeah. Uh, based off of it. So. I hope you've enjoyed running the Rating Center Dallas. Is I have. I have. Um, like you said, learning curve uh, had to step up way a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, even even in that, it, it's been fun learning this side of uh, what TRC does. And, uh, you know, just basically you know, in examiners in general. Yeah. So I think it was a little bit different because very quickly you picked up the – the course part of it, it was the business management part, and that's that's part of your your hard part is you're not just running courses, you're managing a business while you're there. Yeah. And you've definitely stepped that up. You've did really really picked that up a lot. What are your goals this year for the Rating Center Dallas? 
Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you didn't know that was coming, did no, you? No, I didn't. <laughs> half of this, half of this thing is all blind. So <laughs> it's all um, blind. Yeah, we right? know it's all blind. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I would like to actually uh, maximize uh, uh, the courses that I'm running. Okay, um, I would like to run more courses, um, and I. <laughs> Basically, have have as much fun as I have had in the last year, mm. um, if not more. On top of that, so. so so some really good directions and goals. And actually, you and I have talked a little bit more in detail about those ideas. Yeah. Alex keeps making faces at the camera. <laughs> Every now and then, I get a peek of that over here. Um, it's just because I love you guys. Ah, oh, dude, we cannot hide sexy from the rest I, of the world. I can't. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I'm I'm a little jealous because you guys get all the limelight. Over there, dude, <laughs> chime in, speak up if you've got questions. We still got Marco Island, so you know. No, I know we have Marco <laughs> Island. No, and actually, like, no, I w- I've been listening to what you guys are talking about about, um, like new rating approaches and things like that, and I totally agree. Um, I understand how you have to have you always have to have uh, new concepts and everything every few years. There you go. For for your ratings and everything, I totally understand that. You just have to make sure that everyone is on par, and if they're not, then you have to get rid of those people that are not on par. Because, th- unfortunately, it we're in a world of mass media, and once one video, and we haven't had a video in a long time. Like everything's been pretty cool, but once one little video gets out, it's gonna just blow everything up. So, uh, but you guys are doing a spectacular job of, of maintaining like a, a standard and everything. So just keep that standard up and, and just, just make sure that the people that you are training, they understand the same thing. Like, look, this is not acceptable. Like this is not acceptable as a coach to let somebody get on with their chest strap misrouted, or this is not acceptable to not get a pin check at, 7,000 feet or whatever. It's, this is not acceptable. Like, you have to do this. It's yes. This is what you've got to do. So, and I think you guys do a great job with that. And I just want to... Like, I think you touched on some of that reinforce. earlier with the, uh, the uh, whole uh, support system that you had. Yeah. Um, well, that's the same thing. Time man. out. Hold on. <laughs> no, no, no. Unmute yourself. Okay. Hit the plus key. Plus... Oh, you're well. talking right now. I want you to keep going and say yeah, what you're saying. Okay. Uh, well, I already said that. <laughs> but but you know what I'm saying? Just like make sure that you guys, everybody knows. And I'm so removed from the skydiving community. For now, I don't think so. For the moment, cool. <laughs> I mean, I know you guys. You guys buttholes. I've known you guys <laughs> at least since I've known DJ since 2001. I've known his wife since 2000 or 1999. Same. Doug. Yeah. Right. I know. Um, just make sure as people, like, because I cannot emphasize so much. And I know, like, one of my best friends, like Ori Cooper, Ori, <laughs> <He's> <laughs> Ori, hammer. yeah, the the Hebrew hammer. <laughs> and I mean, and then Doug. Before we even came down to Houston, before I even came down to Houston, I came down here for to follow this guy. But man, just make sure you guys look out for each other. That's the number one thing. If you don't look out for each other, 
something stupid is going to happen, and then what happens? It just gets posted all over the news and everything. So you guys just keep your standardization, keep it going, and and everything. What, what, what is that? I don't even know what's going on over there. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I just dropped the notepad. Don't worry about that. So that's just my that's my little my little spiel. I don't know. I, no, I, dude, I, I appreciate what you're saying, and actually, one of the reasons I uh, started the rating center. No, other side. I know. I know. Okay. Uh, one of the reasons I started the rating center is uh, just because I wanted to become an examiner and do more in the examiner world, and that's that's been a good time. But the opportunity to expand came up recently, and the biggest reason I wanted to expand, and and really the reason for brand expansion, which I'm considering doing more of, is standardization. I think as USPA goes, there's quite a few of us who are standardized, and there's quite a few of us who do a good job. And and I don't even think I'm necessarily the best out there. I think I definitely serve a good purpose, and I do a good job. But, you know, I'm amongst some of the best out there. And then I got some really good counterparts. But there are a lot of guys who don't do the job (coughs) right. And like Alex, you said, they don't hold the standard. They don't do the thing. And people don't lay down the law, and people don't lay down the hammer. And uh, JP, and you, you, you know JP Fernari. Actually, you know JP as well. I do. JP, what up, JP? Uh, loves the idea. And actually, I, I, man, it's hard to argue this logic is as examiners. Hey, he won like bronze like one time in 2001. So he's spectacular and we all love him for <laughs> that. <laughs> Dang, right in the heart. Man, no love for JP. Um, one of the things JP has said is it's great if, if all examiners work for USPA. In other words, I want to book a rating course. They have to book the rating course through USPA, and USPA contracts us out to do the job. Now we're an entity of USPA, and USPA can now say, Doug, you don't do the job. We just won't contract you. We just won't hire you. We just won't pay you. You're not an employee, or you'll no longer be an employee or a contractor. And and that's definitely a good idea, and that's where the rating center for me came in, that, that brand expansion. I like to see better standardization, not just the guys who are willing to. Again, a lot of good names. Jay Stokes. I'll mention his name every day of the week. Uh, um, What's his name? Michael Watkins. I don't know if you know Michael Watkins. I don't think you do either. Uh, Midwest. Midwest, yeah. Scott, Excel skydiving. Yeah, because Lone Star, yeah, you've dealt with him. Um, They do a phenomenal job, but a lot of guys don't. And with the rating center, it's pretty easy because I can say, Doug, thanks for your time. You're out of here. And we have that ability to, to, to expand the brand. Uh, or not expand the brand, but to expand standardization. We, we can really impact, at least on a, on a local economy. And I think you're already seeing in Dallas the effects of being there and how you've influenced a very small pocket so far, and that'll grow. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you, but I want to kind of hit Kevin Craig up real quick. Kevin Craig, super, super nice dude, about to take his actual coach rating course with Valerie. Um, he asks, how many courses do you run a year? How many did you run last year? I don't know the exact number. Uh, thanks kevin Um, thanks for narking on my boy (laughs) um uh i would be curious if you could give me that exact answer sometime in your next report um your your (laughs) bi-weekly reports that you don't always get to me (laughs) (laughs) um it's hard to have an actual report when we talk all the time yeah (laughs) i I, uh yeah but in writing helps me so uh i run about 50 courses a year myself i run about 30 uh rating courses and about 20 canopy courses I've backed that number off just a little bit, uh, getting Alex, not Alex, you're Alex, Hank, (laughs) getting Hank and Valerie involved a little bit more there. And then with you and, what's his name? 
canopy guy up there, Luke Hively. Luke Hively. Uh, yeah. I've had a little bit to manage early on. You guys have now picked up that management load uh, there. So uh, about 50 myself, but I would actually say last year for the rating center total, we did near 80 total courses. And I think this year we're on pace to make about 90 to 100 courses. Uh, that, that And that's a, a great goal for between five of us to have 100 courses. That's 20 courses average each. Yeah. Um, I think you and I will do the, the biggest load of that. Yeah. So... Um, You're going to do the biggest load of that. I've got the biggest <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who can take the biggest load, Doug or DJ? Eh. I did have DJ's meat in my mouth earlier. It was, well, it was tasty. Hey, you did too. <laughs> uh, yeah, was, actually, you know what? That was pretty good. That it was, was pretty, pretty tasty. Good. Yeah, was pretty we'll, tasty. we'll accept that. Yeah, we'll accept that. Yeah. If any of my friends want to come on the podcast, the best time ever to come on the podcast oh, is on days I'm off. <laughs> <laughs> Not Wednesdays, because I w- actually won't have many Wednesdays. I'm trying to avoid Wednesdays. Uh, last week we discussed Wednesdays, Valerie and I's date night. Uh, sorry, Val. Yeah. Screwed um, it up. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Val, we're going to go hang out on Thursday. So <laughs> let's just go hang out Oh, on dude, we, we had a whole date weekend this last weekend. Um, so it, it worked out okay. We went to a uh, escape room. Yeah. You ever done one of those? I have not, but I want to. I actually want to do a rage room and get to... Get to beat everything up with a bat or something. <laughs> it destroy everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I, absolutely. It's uh, it's on par. It's on par with both of them. <laughs> In your brain. You gotta think, dude. They're tricky, man. I, I've kind of wanted to try and wasn't very interested. And one of our coworkers said, hey, let's go to an escape room. We're a former coworker, so we kind of just had that opportunity to present itself to us. Yeah. And, dude, damn good time. I, I highly recommend uh, Escape Again in Sugarland is where we went. And uh, I've had two other people in the group have had a few experiences, and they said Escape Again in Sugarland was by far their best experience. Um, super intricate. 60 minutes to escape. We escaped at 59 minutes and 10 seconds. <laughs> So awesome. and almost knocked out a little girl in the process. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, um, you were locked in a room with uh, children? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you make that face? Yeah, I know how you are it, with children. It was just a little girl. <laughs> the, the, all they had to do was knock out the little girl. And that was it. Yeah, that's that's then, what got him out. Yeah, that's, yeah, all that's all it was. Just <laughs> kick, kick her in the face. And that's, that's the DJ got stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, some of my friends know that Valerie and I are non-breeders. I have zero desire to have kids. And I am actually not a big fan of kids. That's why Doug says that. <laughs> and we walked into the, the, the briefing room for the escape room. And there's six of us on our group total. And we walk in, there's a family of four with two children. And I'm like, I'm about to be locked in a room for 60 minutes with two kids. This is great. <laughs> um, no, I do really well with kids. And afterwards, the group was like, dude, you're so awesome with kids. I'm like, yeah, because I want to punch them. <laughs> so I'm really nice to them. Yeah. Is between the two, and I again almost knocked a little girl out, so it yeah. worked out. <laughs> um, I completely forget we, we were on the uh, Dallas Dallas location. Um, oh, so over the last year, uh, y- you've done a lot, man. Y- you've not done a lot different than what you've done in the past in your skydiving career, right? But a lot more detail and a lot more quantity of it all. No. What's been the best part of the last year for you? Um. Working on uh, the better part of uh, what I had been doing, basically. Just fine-tuning everything. And uh, actually getting the opportunity to uh, um, do these courses and do do what I originally wanted to do with it. So, 
Um, that that's been the greatest part of my last year is actually fulfilling what what my original goals were. So cool, man! It almost sounds like you said the best part of my last year was last my last year. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> and it's it's good yeah. for me to hear because. Uh, you know, anybody who's with the Rating Center team, I think y'all know I'm I'm really big on making sure you guys are happy. It's yeah. if we're not happy with what we do, we can't do do the community justice. Right. What are you looking forward to the most in this next year? And and I don't care if it's the skydive space land Dallas, I don't care if it's the rating center, I don't care if it's the gay porn you've been acting <laughs> Um you know, I I, I really want to focus in on uh, what I'm doing now, and uh, you know, work on uh, uh, the other examining stuff that uh, you and I have been talking about. Um, I what do you mean? Ultimately, want to uh, be a uh, AFF uh, uh, IE. Oh yeah. Um, so that's that's going to be one of my goals uh, this year, and it might take a little bit longer than that. Might not. <laughs> uh, I'm probably going to take a little bit longer than that. <laughs> But oh, it'll definitely take a lot longer than that for yeah. you to get the examiner part done. Right. But to get there, I, last June, I believe it was, um, we were doing an AFF course together. July. July. Yeah. Okay, last July. And you were going to help and realized, I don't have the fall rate. Yep. Um, you had uh, become a little bit more Doug. <laughs> a little bit more manly. <laughs> Little bit fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> fluffy. I'm chuggy. Uh, fluffy. <laughs> and it was cool because you got a jumpsuit from a buddy. Um, y- you made it work for the course. You ended up shooting video the whole course, just focusing on, on your skill sets and where you were at. And I think that was nice. And you said, man, I'm going to fix this. Yep. In the first about two or three months, you fixed it by shopping jumpsuits. Exactly. And you and I made two jumps, two days worth of jumps, six jumps this week, working on AFF skills. And um, you wore your old jumpsuit. Yeah, my uh, original uh, belly suit is what I wore. Um, so why couldn't you wear that in July last year? Because I was fluffy. Ah, <laughs> so you uh, lost how much weight? Uh, I know it's over 30 pounds now. So um, basically just uh, drinking drinking water. Damn. Drinking water, and now, now uh, I, I, w- I was walking the runway. Now I'm actually up to uh, jogging most of it, so... Dude, I'm I'm stoked because I've lost 18 pounds in the last two months now. Mm-hmm. Um, feel really stellar about that. You're over 30. Like, yep. great. I'm a pussy. <laughs> 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 nah, and it's all in uh, what you what you had to work with, and I had a lot to work with. <laughs> so, <laughs> what do you weigh now? Uh, about 208, 205, something like that. Cool. So you've come down quite a bit. Yeah. So yeah, I I wasn't even that heavy when I started. So I'm down to 172. Um, for me, soda was a big part of it, dude. Like. I don't drink beer. I haven't drank beer in forever. I'll, I might have one here or there. Um, soda, dude. No. Sa- same thing. Mine, mine was Dr. Pepper. Love yes. it. <laughs> yeah. and, and not just that. Cookies, candy, no. sugar. I love sugar. So I, I started with cutting out sugar, and so did you. Well, yeah. I, my diet's still not great. But <laughs> well, I was going to ask, how's uh, the rest of the diet? Yeah, the di- diet's uh, coming. Um, it's uh, it's definitely uh, the water that helped out a lot, and me actually exercising, getting up and doing something, you know, yeah. um, uh, you know, and all around, it's it's helped me, um, not just physical appearance, but uh, mentally, it, it's helped it's helping me think, you know, it's uh, it's a better form of me, 
you know, <laughs> it's helping me out. <laughs> so, man, it's uh, it definitely shows. It, it shows in your clarity. Uh, when we were skydiving together this week, we would do that first jump and we would land, and you immediately knew what you did that you needed to improve on, and you didn't even actually see it as what you did poorly. And, and I hope people can learn that lesson from guys like you. You don't land and go like, oh, my God. And, you, and Alex, you've heard this. Oh, my God, I so sucked at that part. That's the worst part. Like, you can take that away. But you would land and you go like, okay, man, I can fix this by doing this better. You right. didn't address the problem. You addressed the fix. You just landed from jumping out of an airplane <laughs> at 14-ish thousand feet. And you have no reason to be negative. Like, <laughs> I don't care what happened on that skydive. Right. But you need to be positive about that. Like, that's pretty cool. Like, most of the world thinks that's pretty cool. Yeah. So just suck it up. There's always something to work on. There, there <laughs> is always a little bit to work on in the process, but that's still pretty cool. Right. Yeah. You know? And that's Alex, I think, hits the nail on the head. To me, that's what stood out to me the most this week with you is you lost your weight mm-hmm. because of your mindset. You land from these skydives, and dude, I took you on some rides. <laughs> I told you on that one exit, fix yourself, fix your student. Nah. We went on a ride. <laughs> I was stable, holding you unstable. <laughs> and then I, I went fixed on it. A ride. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the uh, thing is, not everybody knows how to do that. You would land with a positive mindset. How do you do that? How do you? You're, you've always been a positive dude. How do you do that? Oh man, uh, I, I don't feel like I've always been that way. Um, it's, uh, something I had to work on. Um, and there, there again in the last year, um, it's really shown me, uh, this whole last year has, uh, really shown me how positive things can be really be. Um, it doesn't always have to be a negative thing. It doesn't. So, I don't know. That's all I got on that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you train a lot of students as far as tandems. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have been training coaches and tandem instructors lately, and, and now you're actually going to go back to the Space Land Dallas and once again start training AFF students again. Yep. If I landed from a skydive and all I could focus is on the crap, what would you tell me? I want three positive things. <laughs> tell me three positive things from that jump. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, 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 want, I, want, I want them to have a positive spin because that's, that's what ultimately gets them coming back. It's not the negatives that get them coming back. It's the positives. So, man, and it's it's even if you don't intend on being a coach, taking a, a good modern coach course from a good examiner, I think, is, is a good idea. And a lot of us train that. I want you to tell me three good things. We don't always phrase it that way. Um, yeah. But I want you to tell me three positive things about the skydive and then tell me three things you're going to improve on. A, not problems, not complaints, but three things you're going to fix. And the human mind naturally focuses on problems. Yeah. We naturally focus on despair. We naturally focus on where we screw up. And we want you to focus on what you do well right away. Because primacy, recency, what's that mean? <laughs> right? Um, yeah, uh, the the most... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alex wants <laughs> to answer that question for you. No, it basically just remember you, you're going to reenact the... the n- latest thing that you hear so yeah. if you're gonna hear anything and it says like hey doug don't do that what are you gonna do you're gonna do that yeah. you know that we all yeah. know that that's and that's exactly what dj teaches that's what 
We all from the Lord Byron <laughs> from the boss, Jay Stokes. <laughs> the boss teaches. No, no, you're the boss. No, he's the boss. He's the boss. So we all know that. But that's that's it's the same thing. Like just obviously if you tell somebody to not do something, then they're more than likely to do it. But if you say, Hey, you know what? And you're right, focus on the three things that we could improve on. Okay, so not like maybe don't drag your head down when you're pulling or something like that. Maybe it's like, well, how about how about you just focus on keeping your chin up? And look, you know, when you're right. pulling, you know, so the, you, you've got it, Doug. It's okay. <laughs> you've got this. I got you. you got this. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Yeah, Thanks. I, I got you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, TRC Dallas uh, teaches that as well. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just TJ. <laughs> no, and it's, it's not. And, and it's oh, shout out yeah. to Paula. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Love you, Paula. Love you. Yeah. Hey, hola. And it's actually, uh, it's taught in USPA in general. Yeah. Unfortunately, not everybody does. Uh, not everybody does that. Uh, so one of the things I do is I monitor the screen over here, and I I got to every show I do this. I I've got to take a shout out for one second. Steve Barker just joined the chat, and Steve, if you're actually really watching this, brother, thank you for everything. Uh, the rest of you skydivers actually probably hate Steve Barker. <laughs> I was teaching a traffic school one day, and and. For those of you who did not know that, that was one of my prior pro professions or confessions Profession? is teaching traffic <laughs> school. And at the beginning of traffic school, just like the beginning of many courses, hey, what's your name? What do you do for a living? What do you do for fun? My name is Steve Barker. I skydive for a living. I skydive for fun. We sat at, I think El Torito's is the name of the Mexican restaurant that we were doing traffic school at. And instead of teaching traffic school, I spent four hours that night asking Steve Barker how to learn to skydive. And Steve uh, came back a couple weeks later with a guy named Joe Miller, and both of them still skydive. Uh, both of them skydive full-time, if I remember right, Steve. I see you, you are Washington. Uh, let me know if that's true. And it changed my life, man. Always wanted to skydive. Steve Barker is the man who got me into the sport. He's the man who changed my life. Um, I wouldn't know you. I wouldn't know you if it wasn't for Steve Barker. So, I mean, Valerie, my wife, I don't, I wouldn't know my wife. Steve introduced me to this sport. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> thanks, Steve. <laughs> thank you, Steve. the <laughs> biggest impact on my life. So, Steve, brother, uh, thank you for watching this. Thank you for putting up with me as a young jumper. And uh, thank you for introducing me to the sport. Um, and he made me forget what I was telling you about, Doug. I was asking you about <laughs> Oh, shucks. Um, uh, shit, sorry, man. I, I, a lot of flashbacks when I when I see that. What do you got? <laughs> <laughs> so Alex is keeping track of notes over there, and he's flashing me a note that says "suck my balls." <laughs> so, are you muted? Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> a remember to unmute yourself, and b remember when you start going on your little diatribes. No, that's I show your face. I and unmute your <laughs> mic. <laughs> <laughs> Suck my bows. That's all I'm saying. And I got my diatribe. I know what I'm doing. Jeezel, come on. Back me up. He's getting it covered. So back to your positivity, man. You would you would tell people think about the three best things. Right. Not everything negative needs to be a negative. Um I would agree. You haven't always been a positive fella. No. I can always say, what, what changed? What, what made you <laughs> see that light? 
when I was lost uh, those uh, last few or last couple of years, the last few years, um, I really had to do some uh, soul searching. And, uh, you know, I, I woke up and uh, realized I needed to get moving, get, get moving with my life. Um, not everything uh, can be uh, can be uh, dwelled up, dwelled upon um, um, forever, you know. So yeah, you gotta you gotta step up and you gotta move out, you know. Yeah, you gotta keep going with life. So, as much as I've enjoyed your friendship and what you've done with the rating center, watching you grow up, because I've known you since you're 19. No, yeah. dude, I I am I'm so honored to be your friend, man. Just hearing <laughs> comments like that. Um, can you check back a little bit uh, on the comments? Kevin Craig just asked something about, do you ever get frustrated? And let me know if I'm saying it wrong. Did you ever get frustrated with a student who you can't connect with? I think I might be asking that right. Ooh. Definitely try not to. Yeah. Um, there's always a way you can communicate. Um, even even if you have to find, uh, you know, your 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 uh, what did you guys say <laughs> earlier? Your your finger, uh, your emotional fingers, your emotional <laughs> fingers, <laughs> your balls. Yeah. That's what we said. Your balls. Your balls. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's it's about the support group around you as well. Um. Like, it, I I haven't. Um. I have uh, oh, I, I have been frustrated with students, but I think on on the majority of the scale, um, we can we can actually uh, get through and communicate. Kevin's actually about to take his coach course. We, we mentioned his name a little bit earlier, and and for me, it's that same boat. It's the reason you like working on cars mm -hmm. is the reason I like being an examiner. Mm -hmm. It's the reason I like teaching skydiving is the ultimate puzzle in the world is the human emotion Absolutely. and the human mind. Yeah. And w so many teachers in this world, and I feel real bad because one of our really dear friends, a girl named Steph, is in one of these worlds where people say, you must fit this mold and you must teach this mold. And that's horse hockey, man. That's poppycock, to right. quote mash. Um, <laughs> we need to, as teachers not make our students fit our mold. We as teachers don't need to fit a mold. We need to find out what we need to do to connect to that student. Right. And uh, that's the thing I watch in you is, is that human puzzle. Is that as much as you like the car puzzle? Do you see that same with the human part? I do. And uh, with the examining thing, you uh, you definitely got to know how to potato chip. No, I was just throwing that out there. Potato chip. <laughs> yeah, in free fall. Potato chip. Like once, you pop, <laughs> like once you pop, you can't stop. Like Dennis Anderson style. Once you pop, you can't no, stop. Actually, actually, mine, uh, you just uh, think of the uh, song LMFAO, the wiggle, 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 wiggle. Yeah? No. No? I, you lost me. <laughs> that nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I have. Are we the same the age? No. No? No, you're. How old are you? 32. <laughs> so I thought you guys were yeah. you're the same age. However, <laughs> there is a big difference in an age gap from my style of music versus <laughs> maybe. You've always had a very interesting style of music, Alex. Hey, <laughs> I just like a lot of hair and a lot of glam. <laughs> some so glitter, some and glitter I'm in not, there. I'm not no nine inch nails and Nirvana and everything. In the in post, I see it. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, now, but whenever you speak, do please turn on the mic. Um, what you got to realize, and, and it's for all of us, is as we're talking, when the mic is A, if, if you're talking and your mic is muted, then that is about 5, 10, whatever, however long you're talking, it's dead silence. And as this uploads as a podcast, Understood. they're going to hear dead silence. And then as Doug, as you and I, if you notice, if I talk this way, Alex, you probably hear me right now versus talking this way, the levels change very quickly. See. So uh, sorry to harp. So Use let me let me let me <laughs> rephrase. Let me destroy Doug again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Doug, yes, I am two years older than you. No, I don't like Nirvana and all this other crap like that. I don't know what you like. Your style of music is very interesting. But I do like. <laughs> I was thinking about buying a wig just to make sure that all my loyal fans, which I have, kind of like all Bi- of none, Billy's Afro wig. <laughs> which I have all of none was going to be like awesome. <laughs> I was going to throw some hair around, throw some skid bro. Cause like 18 and life in Cowlin. 18 and life. No, <laughs> get a mic in front of him. See what happens. Yeah. We were just going <laughs> to, we were just going to start flowing, dude. It's going to be awesome. Uh, so there we go. All right. Okay. Man, the what? years of debauchery, Wait. the years of, of wreckage that have come in our wake, the parties <laughs> we have gone through together, um, it's a good thing that we're keeping this somewhat composed because we could get in a lot of trouble tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so I'm kind of going to build, I think, on Kevin. Kevin's question about students mm-hmm. is, do you always have a hard time connecting with people? And, and sometimes it's solving that human puzzle. And sometimes it's saying, like, you know what, Doug? I, I can't connect with a student. Why don't you take the student? You know, handing a student off is, is a very smart gig. But... I think the question that builds to is judging a book by its cover. I don't. I don't believe that you know the connotation of uh, handing it off. You know. You know what I'm saying is, is a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Um, if you can connect with someone more than I can, that's a great thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm still gonna be here for that student as well. So yes. if you have questions, if that student has questions for me and you, that's great too. Yeah. You know, I think I think it's all about that support system. Nice, man. And, and what about that book by its cover idea? You know, we, we all meet that but student where we walk up and like, okay, here's here's Doug. He's going to be my student. How do you feel about that judge a book by its cover idea when it comes to your students? Just like my first jump. If you judge me by that, then you would have got a totally different me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So no, no, we, we judged you, you by that, and that's what we got. That, that's exactly that's why you guys stood what we, that, back. A that's little what bit. we got. Yeah, that's exactly. Or maybe what we got. It, maybe it was you just coming back from Rain Tool. <laughs> well, your first jump is you know I I didn't remember. You've had to remind me of that, so <laughs> I, I didn't judge it. And, and you've you've explained it earlier today. No. You, you were, what did you call it? You were uh, after your first tandem. Uh, meatball, 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 <laughs> meat missile. <laughs> uh, no. Overwhelmed, overwhelmed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You didn't have much to say. Sensory, sensory over, overload. Yeah. yeah, and you know that's something I would definitely encourage people to do is to not judge a book by their cover. How many times have you approached a student, had an impression, and and, and knowing you, I don't think you live off that impression, but you had an impression, you had an expectation, and that student didn't meet that expectation as far as personality wise. Um, I see it a lot. Yeah. I, I do. Um, you know, when when <laughs> I, I like to see or I like to see these these students that I, I you know, I'd seen their first impression, mm-hmm. you know, and then they come back and they're learning. They're in learning mode. Sorry, I didn't mean to hit the mic it's there. Okay, <laughs> um, 
but they're in learning mode, so they're they're in the truest form of themselves. I think, I believe. I don't, you know, <laughs> that's just my opinion of it. Um, that's what I'm asking for. No, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, seeing the true form of themselves come out and actually, you know, say, "Hey, I love this. I want to learn this. I want to learn this from you. I want to learn this from these people." That's that's awesome to me. Yeah. I, I mean, even if it does change you, like it changed me, um, you know, that's that's great. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. No, that's that's exactly what I'm what I'm looking for. Uh, one of the things that interests me is I, I feel the same way you do about students, but in rating courses, I think there's a little bit different behavior, a little bit different different impression. And how mm-hmm. do you feel about that? Well. Yeah. Uh, as far as rating courses, I believe that you got to show them a stronger you, um, just just to uh, you know show them that there is a side where you have to be, you know, a, a strong support, you know? yeah, that that strong information, you know. Um, you need to be a foundation they can build on. Exactly, you got to be that standard. One of the things that I, I see is when people show up to rating courses, you know, I, I regularly hear this, and, and you're, you're not the case because I didn't do any of your rating courses, but, you know, I'll, I'll talk to Alex. I'm like, yeah, man, I met this Doug kid. He was in my he was in my coach course for my AFF course, and, dude, he was a super cool guy. And Alex is like, oh, no, man, he's a giant chode. <laughs> he is the biggest idiot on the drop zone. We have the most problems with him. He, he's nonstop uh, issues. And I, I find regularly people show up to rating courses. Now they're experienced skydivers. Now they have a background. Now they they understand kind of what the behavior is. And I don't know if you've seen this yet, but people seem to be on their absolute best behavior in a rating course. Yeah. And then you hear stories from their friends back home that they're idiots. Have you heard that? Oh, of course. Yeah. Now, again, I, I don't care about the name part, but... <laughs> I wasn't going to give you a name. No, no. I definitely <laughs> don't want... I, mean, I don't want those people on the bus. But... What would you tell somebody, man? Uh, by the way, Dick Fingers just joined us. <laughs> what up, Dick Fingers? <laughs> um, <laughs> Alex is like, who the fuck is Dick Fingers? <laughs> um, I, ha- I might have a little different feed. Um, so people show up on their best behavior in a rating course, and quite frankly, I tell them, show up as you. How do you feel about that statement? Show up as you, yes. Um, I, w- I I want to see the best part of you, and that's you. <laughs> so you know, just in the uh, in your whole psyche, like bring it on. You know, I want to see the worst part of you too. Exactly. Well, not the absolute worst. <laughs> <laughs> but why do you want to see the worst part of them? Why do you want to see? Because we we all try to hide some of our worst values and our worst traits, and I don't necessarily want to try to hide mine. I want to improve them. Right. Why do you want to see their bad ones? I want to see it. So, you know, if if I could point it out. And I can actually make you learn. Not make you learn, but you're going to learn by yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, You are the one that learns. Guide them. Exactly. If I can guide you into a way of actually being positive in the the manner that you're projecting yourself, then, you know, not just in ratings, um, you're going to be a better you, you know? You're going to be, you're going to be, you know, (laughs) you're going to, you're going to love yourself. You're gonna love what you teach, man. I I've told you, Ken spied on you for the first month you were at Dallas. Oh, of course, <laughs> uh, to see if you were who I wanted in the rating center. And the more you say well, these things, the more I'm like, I made a good decision. I actually <laughs> I, I I did something right, and the thing I did right was 
was allow Doug to be part of what we do and, and choose Doug into this. So <laughs> you job, say man. spied. I, uh, I was laying there uh, when they were redoing the roof. We had some weather that day, so I was just laying down in the uh, VIP room, and uh, they ripped off the uh, skylight, and I, I 100% thought it was going to be Ken Stone popping his head down, <laughs> seeing what I'm doing. <laughs> 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 Stand by. I got, got the it. video right. You're on it. Stand by. I remember we spied on you, Doug. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, I remember. What that. you get? <laughs> oh yeah, I remember. Fire pit. All kinds of good stuff. You know. You know. <laughs> it don't matter. Nothing. The the video Nothing. is the video is live feeding right now, oh, okay. so it's fine. Yeah. 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 You'll you'll see it later on. Yeah. <laughs> it's um. I, I'm gonna bring Alex in the conversation a little bit because Alex looked like he was about to take a nap over there. <laughs> Alex, what is your favorite Doug story? Rut row. Oh, I get a favorite Doug story. Um, well, I mean, there's the never ending always, hey, let's go to Bloomington, so let's drive Doug's <laughs> like S10 Chevy truck. Three inches of ice. Through like <laughs> th- from Cincinnati to Bloomington, Ohio. Indiana. Oh, and er, in, sorry, yeah. Bloomington, Indiana. Uh, with his ass hanging out the back of the window, also. <laughs> so I will never forget about that because that I think was I was driving too. No, you were driving. That <laughs> was what made it so impressive. You were actually driving and you managed to uh, get up and put your ass out the back of the window. Not to mention, it still took us like 14 hours to get to nah. DJ's place in Bloomington. <laughs> And then finally we got there, and that was just like... Okay. Hey, compared to Texas driving, that's normal drive. <laughs> well, no, I mean, that that was pretty impressive, though. When we finally got there, <laughs> that was cool. But that's not the only thing. I mean, that's just one of the minute, just... I mean, we could always pass small. on the right. <laughs> yeah, you can always pass on the right. Pass on the right. <laughs> one of those dumbest, stupid little things that I could yeah. think of. But we've, we've got a... Uh, thousand other things that we can always <laughs> we can always come up with. 24 so. hour war game yeah i mean we can play war while val's <laughs> trying to learn how to start the the uh the oven over there and, and me and duck can play war with a bunch she's of gonna she's gonna smack you dude that's uh, yeah, okay i don't understand know. why you guys keep talking about val turning on the oven I yeah don't, i don't get it either really. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so if you exactly. want to tell Val's story, you can. But yeah. I want to have sex with her tonight. I'm, me too. Oh wait, hold on. Wait, what? what we're talking about? <laughs> Nikla, I miss you really a lot right now. Don't worry about it, Nikla. I'll have sex with you too if you want, Nikla. So speaking of Nick, Nick has this absolute obsession with how we sound in those earphones. So. I mean, are, are you living in Nick's fantasy right now? Is Alex, do I sound sexy? He cracks him up to be. I think it sounds normal. Like this is actually mm. pretty awesome. Like he it's, it's normal. Like it's just everybody's just like amplified. This. <laughs> I mean, he I'm used to some. Can you hear me? I'm used to some metal Alex. and stuff like that. So <laughs> what? What? Huh? Huh? Okay. <laughs> so. The last year, I mean, I, I know what you like the most, and I know where you've gone, but and forget skydiving for a second. Mm-hmm. I've, I've asked you what you've changed, what what got this mindset to be different for you. What are you most thankful for in your life that has allowed you to become and do what you do now? Mm. The ability to actually learn this stuff. 
I know you said no skydiving, but no, no. Right now, that's that's where I'm at. I like the ability to actually pick it up and roll with it, and actually uh, convey what I need to and want to. So that that that's pretty much what sums up what what I'm more most you know fortunate about or thankful about. So, dude, it's uh, it's been amazing and something that I, I want to know is the future and, and something I learned today. I, I say I learned it. I've learned it in the last year. I didn't realize it for a while, but you have goals as far as, as outside of skydiving goes. Oh yeah, definitely. What is it? Um, lose weight. <laughs> lose weight. <but laughs> that's cars, the first, that's right? the first one. Um, cars. Uh, yeah, I, I want to build a shop so I can actually work on, you know, these project cars that I've been <laughs> dreaming about for, you know, ever <laughs> well you just keep coming back and you just keep practicing on my cars <laughs> and there you that, go. that'll work really good for me i actually definitely right. dig that version of it man right. um and it's not just cars it's trucks too what up texas <laughs> <laughs> are you looking like to, to start your own business doing this like part-time on the side like make this as far as as far as car go cars go i don't think i'll actually make a business out of it um i just like tinkering with it i like actually making really cool cars um now i can see myself you know building a car and selling it for more than what it's worth or worth it when i bought it um i i can see myself doing that so but as that. an actual business nah I, okay. I don't think i'll do that good man that means i don't lose you like, <laughs> I, just, I don't care about your future as long as i still have you i'm good to go <laughs> So you're you're looking to have your own little shop. I know you've looked at a piece of property. You're looking yep. at how to, how to deal with that. Um, you would work on your own cars and then flip them, or you would actually look for customers. And I, again, you're not looking at a business, but more of a side project. I would more build it for myself, and then um, once I got tired of it or wanted an, a different car, um, I would probably sell that one off to buy the another another project. So yeah. about. Yeah, ever evolving, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, dude, I have kind of that same goal, Val, mm -hmm. and I moved into this house, and I, I absolutely love and adore this house. This house has been absolutely what we wanted and what we wished for, and then we got three cars, and you know what we want now, right? A three car garage, <laughs> and the biggest reason we want that three car garage is we want that shop, and and, yeah. and God bless her, man. Valerie wants me to have a three car garage so I can have a shop to work on my cars, <laughs> yeah. so I can have a place to keep both my cars in a garage because I park one of them outside right now, and uh, I couldn't be more blessed with having her in my life. That's for damn sure. Yeah. So, any of you guys who are listening to this, any of you ladies who are listening to this, tell Valerie that I'm kissing a lot of. Uh, I think I've only seen her mad one time, and you, it was Val. a fake mad. <laughs> no, I don't think I've ever seen her mad. Yeah, she knows. She Once, knows. and she was she was faking me out. Love you. Well, you probably yeah. deserve it. I did deserve yeah. it. Love you, Val. <laughs> no. yeah. She has the most impeccable tolerance. <laughs> she married me. She has to. If she can handle Don G. Charles Marvin over here, then she can handle a lot. DJ, so. that's just the roofies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so you get out of the house. Um, uh, it's the roofies. Yeah, a lot of people ask me how does Val put up with me, and you know the joke. What is it? <laughs> Every she snores, so uh, he can drop a, a roofie in her mouth. I actually say she sleeps with her mouth open, wide open, like ah. Uh, oh, um, yeah. I didn't say she snores. My <laughs> wife never snores. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. And if she did, I wouldn't admit it. To the public, <laughs> just, just saying. Uh, um, 
No. Oh, yeah. Kevin Craig thinks he wants me to have a three-car garage, so I'm not in the house. To get <laughs> the house which, Kevin, probably a pretty valid thing. That's the same reason, Nicole, that's y- you do what you do. Um, so, oh, sorry, I keep going back to, to Scott. I'm back to what we're doing with, with the rating center. If you could change what we're doing, if you could fix the rating center, what would you like to see myself, Hank, Valerie, and you, and, and what's that other guy's name? Luke Hively. I'm going to start calling Luke the other guy. What would you like to see us do better? Um, this may be because I'm new sure. um, to TRC. Um, at least I still feel like I'm new to it. Um, but, uh, you know, getting everybody together. Um, we are a team. Um, I, I would like to see more of that. And you, you might have you might do that um, prior to me actually getting here, so I don't I don't know. No, I don't um, know how to answer that one uh, uh, effectively. Uh, no, that's for the perfect. Time being here, so. no, that that's absolutely perfect, man. It part of the new perspective is what I want. Mm-hmm. It's fresh to you, so you have that. So um, so you know, in any of the rating center examiners and the key staff, for example, uh, Liz Sass is not one of. Our examiners, at least not yet, but she, I really believe, is a key evaluator for us. She works hard for us. Any of our key players uh, for the 10th anniversary of the Rating Center actually plan on having a pretty nice little shindig. Um, I'm not 100% sure where we're going to have it yet. Um, It's also the same year of my 10-year anniversary of being married, so i got to kind (laughs) of balance two budgets at that point. Uh, But I plan on maybe getting a lake house or something up in Hill Country and renting it out for all of us. And basically, we will have zero conversations about work at that one. It is a party. I will cook a tri-tip dinner for everybody and have a good time. Nice. Um, also, something that I actually want to do is that, that um, what did we call that thing earlier? Uh, the escape room. Mm-hmm. I actually would like to schedule a trip and find out when you're going to come back next and actually get all, the, again, the, te- the rating center key players. Um, I, I'd love to get everybody who helps us, but I just can't afford to, to deal with all of that. It becomes very expensive right. very quickly. But take all of you guys to an escape room and Sweet. play just, just for fun, dude. No, playing around. Zero, just a damn good time. And uh, also I plan on having standardization meetings at least once a year, bring us all together. So at that point, work-wise. Right. Because I guarantee you do things better than I do things. I do things better than Hank does things. Hank does things better than you do things. And I mean, as a whole, we each have our strengths. Right. And if we're not learning off of each other's strengths, then shame on us. Exactly. So I definitely appreciate that input, and, and, and hopefully we can accommodate that. And in six months from now, if I haven't done any of it, smack me. <laughs> Punch <laughs> me in the junk. <laughs> so Liz is the reason Chad Hall hasn't killed anyone. Yeah. Yes. I know. I saw the two yeah. before that, Alex. Okay. All right. And you realize your mic is muted. I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. Is like I'm in the background. Yes, but back to this goes as a podcast out, Can't and it leaves you. dead air, which is not. But there's people build. that are replying live yes. to this. So it's like, do I want the background people to respond to it, or do I want the live people to respond to it? I, it's, if you ever, you've, you say you listen to a lot of podcasts, right? Uh, all the time. Okay, I listen to a lot of podcasts as well. Have you ever listened to a podcast that has three seconds of dead air on it? it it's it, you think your phone's broken, you think something's wrong, you think you just listen to three seconds of dead air, and, and that's exactly <laughs> so. it. You know, and when you start talking without okay. the mic on, we have okay. So let me rephrase. 
Everyone look at my balls. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. I'm sorry. I will make sure that the next time I make sure it, no, it's, no. it's on the it's I'm on the not right talking spot. about you typing. I'm not talking about that background yeah, yeah, conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you keep talking with your mic muted. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I was just talking to Doug. And then... But there's other people listening to us. This is actually like a, a lot more than a three-person conversation. Well, at that but point. maybe it's not supposed to be a, a full-on conversation. Maybe if you're it's going to speak, to be... Alex, you have to unmute the <laughs> okay. microphone. Okay. Seriously. I got you. Th- this got is you. not a request anymore. This I... is instruction. Please. Okay. okay. Thank I understand. you. Thank I understand. You. Now mute your mic and never unmute it again. Uh, nope. <laughs> nope. It's, my mic is never going to get muted again now at this point. <laughs> Um, now Alex is going to live on an open mic and, li- and live live. So <laughs> any gassing or belching coming from that side of the <laughs> Um Whoa, whoa. What? Fix your mic, bro. What? Fix your mic, bro. I heard a whoa and you were like all down there. I went over there to make a noise, a belch that I didn't want to belch into the mic. I was trying not to belch into the mic, Alex. So sorry about that, buddy. Um uh-huh. Confrontational. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Confrontation. You're, you're very non-confrontational. Um, as a matter of fact, one of the things that, that drew Ken's approval of you, when I say Ken's approval, to, to run the rating center, is he watched you deal with some conflict and what could have very potentially been very large conflict. Right. When somebody confronts you, uh, how do you diffuse that uh, You know, without patronizing them, without, without being – I mean – Playing them off. Um, all right, so uh, every situation is going to be different, sure. but um, I always try and look at the bigger picture. Um, you, you always look at the bigger picture, and and you know, so some people actually uh, are uh, more uh, in tune to actually listening to you if uh, if you do give them the big picture. I mean, they can they can be. Uh, uh, small goal goal oriented in their own goals but if they see that big picture and see the the bigger picture is right they might change their short-term goals louder excuse me <laughs> sorry <laughs> i had to unmute my mic i'm not allowed to speak without less Else my mic is unmuted. Um, I was just responding to uh, Chad Jetboy Hall. We all know who Jetboy is. So I was just responding to him. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> deep, deep breath, Kevin Craig. So, um, well, man, I, I really enjoyed having you here. I, I know you I enjoyed were, being here. You, you, you're curious to what we're going to do. Um, we're, we're not done with this trip because tomorrow we still need to uh, do one more start. Yep. Uh, Hopefully it starts. Yeah, yeah, man. If that car doesn't start, it is your fault. Um, I'll be like, uh, Ken, I'm going to need another couple days. Uh, yeah, man, I broke this car. Um, I want to go take the tire off if you don't mind so helping me yeah, with that. that's fine. And we need to go uh, exchange at TAC, the tachometer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, make yeah. a quick run. And you don't have to be around for that part. Right. But definitely, definitely want to be ready for that part. Um, I, I thank you, thank you. Uh, at some point, I would love to sit here with you and Hank. Mm-hmm. And I know we talked a little bit about the examiner world, um, yep. but I would love to have a panel of three examiners sitting here talking about what it takes to become who we are and what we've done. So will Absolutely. you come back and do that again? Absolutely. And uh, and we'll definitely <coughs> do that. Or we'll have Alex back here some other time as well. But um, next week, we are actually going to depart from Wednesday nights. Um, 
uh, we'll do Tuesdays, we'll do Thursdays, we'll do whatever. But next week, Stephen Eric Angelos, um, I don't think everybody knows his name, but Stephen Angelos works at iFly Tunnel. Have you ever met Stephen? Uh, not that I recall. No. Sorry, yeah. Stephen. Super, super nice dude. Stephen is uh, been a tunnel instructor and a skydiver for quite a while. And Stephen, if you actually keep track of him on Facebook, is actually about to depart that world and start living on the road. He, he's moving into a, a small trailer and about to start living the trailer life, traveling the world and, and seeing what else is going on out there. And Stephen actually wrote his first book, White Picket Fence. Um, guys, if you've not checked it out, uh, it's a super, super easy read. I've really, really enjoyed uh, this book. I actually sat down, and, and I was going to read over the course of a couple nights. Well, it's 72 pages, and I read it pretty, pretty quickly. It went through the night very, very easily. Um, I highly recommend the book, White Picket Fence. And we're going to talk with Stephen a little bit more about this book. We're going to talk about what got him into becoming an author we're going to talk about what, what direction he's going with this world. You know, really, it's going to be one of those more departing from skydiving. So uh, next week, Nick Lott, Mr. P, will be back. Next week, we should have our new logo. Uh, you guys got to hear the intro music. How did you like it? I liked it. Yeah. Um, Braden Smith is actually working on that. And so Braden gave us the rough draft today, gave Nick Lott and I the rough draft. And Alex, you got to hear it as well? It's sweet it's sweet yeah it's pretty um, sweet Braden has done a great job so Braden is, is polishing that rough draft up Braden will get that taken care of we'll have the logo we'll have that so I predict I know a lot of you've been asking but I predict that next week uh about this time Tuesday or Wednesday Thursday probably closer to Thursday we'll have all the prior previous podcasts uploaded all the audio uploaded so that's going to be this is number five and Steven so we'll upload six all at once um, Adam Buckner from Option Studios has got the logo, should be done by then, or, or really close to. Uh, all our artwork for the website should be done by then. Awesome. Um, the audio, so next week, I hope, I hope, I hope that we'll actually lead in with a new intro, with a new everything else. So, uh, Doug, once again, thank you for being here. What you got? Um, before, you, uh, yeah. before you close this out, I think there's going to be a riot if we don't tell them about Marco Island. Oh my God! We, oh, I think we that, can't I think even. There might, I think there might be a little bit of that. riot. <laughs> what do you if, mean? Mar yeah. If anyone that's listening knows about Marco Island, <laughs> then you know Marco Island. Yeah. So I'll tell you what, man. Let's save it. We're let's, let's right. make it like a like a piece like, a, like it's gonna like, a, like it's like a, a teaser a, like a teaser. six parter or something like right. no <laughs> six parter that's not that's not long enough. Yeah. Yeah. I I will tell you the easy part of Marco Island. It was a beach boogie we had down in South Florida, uh, just south of Naples. Is a little town called Marco Island, a little beautiful barrier island. And on the first jump on the beach, uh, a few of our buddies landed, a guy named Phil, Billy, a couple other buddies, and then they did a really good job. And that was just, a, I think, four people landed on that jump. And then the next load we did was the next day, and that was our demonstration safety jump. Um, were you there for that jump? I was not. I was actually, uh, that's when I was in uh, uh, the other college. Um, yeah, and you were and still uh, I was <laughs> freshly <laughs> I was actually watching some of the jumps on yeah. the, the I was computers there. So. I was actually in there for that. Yeah. So I get to watch the aftermath. <laughs> yeah. I uh we, we had the chief of police, the mayor, the fire department people. They were all there so we could show them that beach jumps could be done really beautifully, really well, really safely, and that there was nothing wrong with us being there. Yeah. And my approach flew me between two high rises, going from east to west, then to turn on the beach. And you know, you you'll hear me teach and talk people like, Hey man, when you're jumping someplace new, jump conservative, jump smart, jump safe. And I got completely distracted. And I'm flying by dudes under canopy. 
they're on their balconies, like taking <laughs> pictures with cameras. Like, look, that's a parachute going. Like, what's up? So, yeah, I'm, I'm totally into it. Completely not focused on my turn. And I was, oh my God, I'm over the beach. I got to turn. And I whip a 270 and pound in to the sand. Tore my calf muscle. Um, had one hell of a leg issue for quite a while. Um, it is definitely uh, not the best thing. Fortunately, they still okayed the boogie. They, they we, we did until no. the next day. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave that is like this where we tease it. This is a cliffhanger right until <laughs> well, t- until tomorrow. No, no, no. I will tell you this: the next day, Billy, Billy Doherty, the DZO son, and myself, one of the absolute dearest friends as well. Billy and I are at the pharmacy picking up my prescription painkillers, Percocets, for yeah. the pain I was in with my leg. And I, I've broken 15 bones. Uh, a torn muscle is way more painful yeah. than, than a broken bone. And while we're in CVS picking up my pain pills, all of a sudden we hear all these ambulances and fire trucks. And the power probably would just power went out. No power went off that's where we're at. That's, that's where, that's where Alex, where Alex hit his face on this uh Moving door, electric yes. door. Yes. See, Doug knows. <laughs> See, he knows. It was me and Phil Doe. And that's right, when, going to that's right video. when I showed up to Marco Island. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what? Oh, God. <laughs> and there's about 20 more Marco Island stories that follow oh, yeah. through. I'm like, uh, uh, epic. Uh, here we go. All right. Here we go. So we'll catch the rest of the Marco Island stories right there. We'll just leave you there. Sorry, Dave Esterwood. That is just going to be the teaser. Yeah, um, we're not going to yeah. take any further yeah. on, on this Suck one. it up, Esterwood. You got this. We'll um, tell you about Alex swooping a cow yeah. later. Till next time. I <laughs> no, I, that was the... F- I ran into a fence. It's okay. Barbed wire fence. Barbed wire fence. We, cool. ha- we have an orange grove somewhere it's in there. It's on, and there's an orange oh, grove. God. The slap and heard ditch. around the world. Yep, slap heard around the world. There was that. Yeah. And then every... And there was no, just can't say that one. No. Yeah, there was there yeah. was that that's kid hit mark. his head on the uh, caravan like literal kid uh, when uh, Joe yep. put the uh, dishwashing detergent in the, <laughs> <laughs> the dishwasher. It was oh man, the there was bubbles experience. everywhere. There was it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there was a rubber band or a stow band fight. <laughs> yeah, no, that was man, pretty, hit that was pretty spectacular. Yeah, uh, good time. I came out with a full face on, ready to go though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so back to we're going to get out of here. Do you have any last things you want to tell anybody? No, no, cool. I'm good. Thanks for having me here, dude. Thank you for being here. At this point, I think Alex probably has our title screen preloaded at the end. Uh, till then, till next time. This has been Gravity Lab Radio. Alex, if you push number four on the number pad. That's what it was. Number four on the number pad. Okay, got and it. And then you hit minus. Yep, and then I hit minus. And next time, guys, we will see you. Blue skies, we are out. Blue skies. Out. Good one.